Our theme for the month is courage to build staying power. And then for today, we are dealing with embracing the spirit of loyalty. Bishop could not deal with it last week. Uh, he dealt with the aspect of vision. That's what my bishop did so wonderfully. Amen. God, the seven o'clock service. Hallelujah. We are talking about embracing the spirit of loyalty. Loyalty is a spirit. And when we talk about it as a spirit, we say it's an attitude of mind. It is an attitude of the heart. Nobody can force you to be loyal if you are not. Amen. Now let's define what is loyalty or being loyal. The World Book Dictionary says, when we say someone is loyal or something is loyal or we talk about loyalty, it is something that is true and faithful to love. If you say you are loyal to God, you say you will stay true to God to love God. If you say you are loyal to your spouse and you are married, you are saying, I will be true to you, honey, and I will love you, honey. Amen. And when you say you are loyal, it is when you are true to love and you, you are true to your promises. You are true to your duty. You are true to your obligation. When somebody is loyal, they become aware that they are in a relationship that is based on promises because it's a covenantal relationship. When we have a friendship, there is a covenant of friendship we must understand that a friend is somebody who also keeps confidentiality. When your friend speaks to you about things, he does not say, be the public broadcasting network. Amen. He says, I'm sharing it with you because I'm safe with you. I'm sharing with you because when I offload on you, I've got somebody who can carry my burdens together with me. That is a friend. It's a covenant. In a marriage, there are promises when we say I'm loyal to you. Is that if you are a husband, you are, you are, I'm saying this is my first and my last marriage. I have no other one. I have no escape clause. I, I have nobody else on the other side who's waiting for me in case it does not work. There's no in case it does not work. We promise to grow together. We promise to build together. We promise to hold hands together. That is the promise of loyalty. In loyalty, there are duties. There are duties and obligations we have in any relationship that is based on loyalty. You know, you, you can't have a good marriage unless you work on it. You do the things that God says you must do. You pray for that marriage. You, you allow God to speak to you and challenge you on areas where you need your attitudes and your actions and your behaviors to change. Nobody can change you but God and you. Are you there, Masalan? If you are hard fast on your habits, nobody, nobody can change you. You have to be willing to work with God, for God to inspire you, for God to correct you. There are duties, amen. There are duties when you are a member of the church. Are you there? You don't just come and eat sermons and eat sermons and you are gone. And the only thing you know is to criticize and say, no, this person, when he was speaking, there needed to be a verb there and a proverb. Yay, Mr. English and Mrs. English. What is your contribution to the church? When others are cleaning the chairs, when others are making sure that they are helping us with parking, 
when others are singing with their talents, when others are, child, are teaching children in children's church, when what is your contribution? You are not loyal by just talking. You are not just loyal by just sitting. You are not just loyal by showing up. There are duties that comes with loyalty. There must be duties. If I wash dishes in my home, I don't have corobella. I have eaten the food. I have eaten the food. There's, there, there's nothing unmanly ironing for myself. There's nothing unmanly. There are duties. You see, people want to talk about loyalty. Loyalty comes with duties. You don't prove your loyalty by just speaking. People will tell Bishop how much they love him. But they are last to support. They are first to criticize. Oh, I love the church. We have been hearing it. But when we look for volunteers, we never see you. You disappear quickly when we recruit volunteers. You are very good to say somebody can tune his alto when they are singing in the church. But we have never heard your alto. Do you actually have one? Loyalty is what the Oxford Dictionary says is a steadfast allegiance. Which means I am connected to you and nothing is going to disturb me to break our connection. But it is surprising how many people are quick to change a church by a simple argument. We will always differ. We will see things differently because God created us differently. We don't want you to be like someone else because your contribution comes with a difference. You know, you know, I often hear people say, I love people. And I say, wow. Very interesting because people come in different types, different shapes, different attitudes. You know, if you don't understand people, even when you say you love them, you know, some, some of us, we grew up, we didn't like water that much. So we make life to be antisocial. Because even when we were taught, when you wake up, the first thing you must do, you must wash and apply some hygiene. Some people are not good at that. Can I talk? <laughs> so, so, when you say you love people, you're going to meet such people who wash for special occasion. And you pray to God when you meet them, it should be a special occasion. 
but you must still love them. There's people with good attitudes. There's people with bad attitudes. But you have to love them. You must pledge your loyalty because they are created in the image of God. And love them for who they are. That's allegiance. That's allegiance. The closer you come to people, the more you see other things about people. And you must be in a condition to to accommodate them the same way they accommodate you for who you are. You are number one. When we talk about loyalty, we are talking about faithfulness. We are talking about obedience. Being able to follow the rules that are there. In life, there are rules. There are values. There are certain things when you reach a stage of maturity, we don't want to associate those things with you. Amen. malunde at your age. If you are not going to show up at home and sleep somewhere else, arrange it properly. Don't make people to pray prayers for protection when, when you are enjoying yourself wherever you are. I mean, we are binding and kicking devils. Where now you are having a party. We're talking about devotion. We're talking about homage, adherence. We're talking about filth. This is just same words. We're talking about a bond. Rick Hooker says, or when he described loyalty, he says, it is a true devotion motivated by love alone, devoid of selfish entanglement. When I say I am loyal to you, I am loyal to God, I am loyal to, to, the, to, the, to the visionary of the church, it means I'm not, I don't, there's nothing I want to gain. I don't want to buy anybody's face. I do it because I love them. There's no second agenda. My motives are clear. There's no selfish entanglements. We talk about loyalty because we are the children of God and God is loyal. God is faithful. So loyalty is a characteristic of God. God is a God in whose character there is loyalty, there is constancy, and there is faithfulness. First John 1 John 1.9, it says, God is faithful and just to forgive us. God is faithful. There's no way God can be disloyal. God is just. God can never be unfair. Even when we are in our worst state as sinners, he's still faithful. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast to our profession, the profession of our faith. For he is faithful that has promised. The reason we trust the word of God, the reason we follow God, the the reason we have hope in God, the, the reason we have entrusted our lives in God is because God is a faithful God. Matthew 28 verse 20, the scripture says, God says, I am with you always. Whether things are good or things are bad, God is there. 
Psalms 27 verse 10. It says, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Even people who are biological parents to us, sometimes we have misunderstanding with them. Are you there? They disown us, but God will never disown us. Revelations 1 verse 5. It says from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness. Oh, Jesus is faithful. There is a saying that reads, people will hurt you. God will heal you. People will humiliate you. God will magnify you. People will judge you. God will justify you. Have faith in God. Amen. We need to imitate God. That in our relationship, people can experience us being faithful. Loyalty is one of the core qualities of God. And we must imitate God. We, we must emulate God. We must follow in the footsteps of God. First Corinthians chapter 4 verse 2, the scripture read, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. You have life today. You have resources today. You have relationships today. You belong to a church today. Now, you are a steward to the things that God has given to you. You are a custodian. You are a manager. You are not the owner. Be careful how you deal with them. Deal with them with a sense of accountability and loyalty before God. God wants, you to, God wants to find you faithful in your relationships. No cheating, no lying. Faithful. God wants you to be faithful in your own church. To make a contribution. To be a servant. To be a blessing to somebody else. To honor your leaders and work with them. And never become a headache but a blessing. Because God is faithful, we must emulate him. When we say faithful, we mean worthy of trust. Can you be worthy of trust? It means reliable, constant. Can we bank on you? Amen. Now, why must we be loyal? Number one, we become loyal because the Bible requires that from us. We've just read the scripture. Moreover, 1 Chronicles, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2. Moreover, it is required when you are a steward, if you know you are a steward, that a man be found faithful. God wants when he visits you, he may find you being faithful. Faithful in your relationship as a husband, as a wife. Faithful in your relationship with your parents. Faithful as a worker. Faithful as a citizen. Faithful as a client. Wherever you are, you must be faithful. You must be found to be a person who is faithful. L. Tom Perry said, Obedience is a choice between our own limited knowledge and power and God's unlimited wisdom and omnipotence. You see, when you, when you do what God says you must do, when he says, be loyal and you become loyal, you know that God knows things better than you. Sometimes when you do certain things, it's like you're a fool. 
When you're not cheating in your relationship and other people are cheating, it's like you're a fool. It's like you're not enjoying yourself. But God knows better than you. He knows better than you. But then how do you live a life of a lie? Here you are, you cheated and you just come and become honest. That's too much of a load. How does it sit on your conscience? You were smooching somebody else. And you come back and you smooch the right person. Same mouth, same body. And, and, and nothing moves you. No condemnation. No sense of right and wrong. How do you reach that state? How do you sleep? How do you sleep? You need to be free. You need to be free. You need to sleep in peace. Knowing that you don't have secrets. You are trying to keep secret. It's, it's a bondage to have secrets that you are trying to keep secret. When your secret affair phones you and say, no, 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 I'm a bit hectic. Can I call you later? And, and when the right person is there with you, who are you talking to somebody? Nobody. Number two, we must be loyal because we can never build anything of substance without loyalty. How do you build a home without loyalty? How do you have family when you don't know that members of the family are really belonging to that family? If they go to work, you're not sure if they will come back. If they earn their salary, you're not sure even they will share it with you. How do you build a church without loyalty? Where everybody is in for themselves. Nobody cares about anybody else. Imagine we came to church. Nobody opened the gate. Somebody thought somebody will wake up and open the gate. Imagine we were here. Somebody forgot to pay for electricity. And forgot to put diesel in the standby generator. We would be singing a cappella, cursing the devil. Imagine if we came and everybody had to go and get their chair from the storeroom. Church would be ridiculous. Church would be disorderly. Church would not be an attractive place to be in. We can't build church. Unless somebody decides to say, I will be faithful with my talent. I will be faithful with my time. I won't come to be a VIP. I will come to be a servant. You can't build business without loyalty. It means if you don't have loyal workers, 
You must work 24-7. You must be security. You must be accountant. You must be salesman. You must be marketing. You must be recruitment. You can't even go on leave. If you go on leave, you must close business. Somebody must be there whom you trust, who will get into your shoes, who will understand your vision, who will put your interests first and save you. We can't build a stable organization, a stable government if there's no loyalty. I know politicians have problems, but Bazalan. Ikarwa na ushulwa kiba na baitu. You are already having hypertension with two children. You see, we have problems in our nation, but we must respect the office that is there. We have to respect authority. It's good. When it's time to vote, you can vote whatever way you want to vote. You can do whatever you need to do in a democracy. But unless we are loyal citizens, some of the problems, they start with us. If they find you in an awkward place, you are the first to offer a bribe way. The first. The first to offer a bribe. Some of you, your driver's license is hot. Just the driver's license is hot. Some of you, your car is hot. It's not roadworth. If you see a roadblock, the Spirit speaks to you for a detour. Some of you, you are the first to dump. You eat what you are eating and you throw it wherever you are. You don't know environmental management when you don't know some of you when you use the toilet you forget it's a public space you harvest all the tissues and take all the toilet roll and roll them and roll them and roll them for your bag why don't you buy tissue Somebody is going to suffer because you are selfish. There's no loyalty. Absolutely no loyalty. Small things, they manifest in a big way because people in government come from community. There were those who were stealing tissue. Now they are stealing millions. Glenn Van Decken says, loyalty is what makes us trust. Trust is what makes us stay. Staying is what makes us love. Love is what gives us hope. If we are unable to be faithful, there won't be trust in everything. We don't trust our politicians. We don't trust our pastors because of disloyalty. 
We don't trust teachers with children at school. But it's tough. You come into the church, pastors misbehave. Extramarital affairs. Why do you need extra? Why? Why do you need extra? Why can't you be content? Paul says, I have learned to be content. Let's learn to be happy with what we have. If your partner is not doing the things they're supposed to be doing in the bedroom, you chose them. Pray for them. Go for counseling with them. Nothing extra. The only extra thing is for you to sit down and talk with them and resolve the issues. When you come to the church, there must be a difference between pastor and congregation. Nothing else. You are here to receive the word. You are here to serve. You are here to worship. Beyond that, nothing else must be broken. There must be boundaries. I stay loyal to you when I stick to biblical morality when you are vulnerable. All of us reach a point where we are vulnerable, we are exposed, we are at our weakest. Somebody must be loyal to us to secure us, to protect us and not exploit us. Just because you don't know the Bible as I know it does not mean there must be spiritual abuse. We must be loyal, number three, because the Bible warned us against disloyalty. We were warned in the Bible that in our times, in these last days, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 3 and 4, it says, but know this, in the last days, Peridas time will come, hard times, evil times will come. People will become traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure than lovers of God. The Bible talks about a traitor, a betrayer, false friends. Meaning, in the sense of giving forward into an, uh, the, the, you, you give somebody who's supposed to trust you into the enemy's hands. Stephen Covey says, be loyal to those who are not present. In doing so, build trust of those who are present. Your loyalty will be trusted, will be tested when the person you are supposed to be loyal to is not there. Your loyalty to the South African government will be tested when the police are not there. When the inspectors are not there. Now, lessons on loyalty that we must learn. Number one, loyalty does not waver. It's not wishy-washy. Proverbs 17, verse 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born to adversity. 
You need friends who will stick with you. James 1 verse 8 says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You can't be double-minded when you are loyal. Number two, loyalty is not just what you say, but what you do. Loyalty must be backed by action. It can and does not thrive on verbal assurance. It must reveal itself in all we do. I mean, Mazalani, we, we tell people we love them, but we still divorce them. We tell people that I love you, you are my pastor, but we till, still take a transfer to another church. Acts 1 verse 1 reads, To Theophilus, the first book I wrote was about Jesus. All that Jesus began to do and to teach. Look at the sequence. It is not to teach, then to do. To do and what? Teach. When it came to Christ, whatever he taught, he did it first. They saw him praying. They said, teach us how to pray. When Crudem says, God's faithfulness means that God always do what he said and fulfill what he has promised. Number three, lessons in loyalty. Loyalty is a willing decision. You must make up your mind to be loyal. Nobody must manipulate you. You must be loyal to Bishop because you want to. Not because you want to go to heaven. You must be loyal to your spouse. Because it's the right thing to do because you want to. Nobody must manipulate you. Nobody must twist your arm. Don't do it for marketing purposes. You must make up your mind that I'm going to align with the word of God. As far as God is concerned, if he says I must be loyal, I'm going to be loyal. Now in the Bible we see a picture of Peter and Judas. Both of them did mistakes in their relationship with Christ. Peter made a promise to Christ that even when he goes to the cross, he will never deny him. But he denied Christ, but the difference with him, he repented. Judas never repented. That's the difference. We all make mistakes. But are we able to change? Decisions, decisions. Jack Hyle says, let principles make decisions. Bazalon, even when you have made a mistake, what are the principles of the word? Even when somebody provokes you and you are angry, and sometimes you, you lose your cool, you tell them where to get off. Afterwards, when the Holy Spirit pricks your conscience and say, go and ask for forgiveness, are you willing to do it? Or your pride will be on your way. 
when you have principles that forgiveness is in the word of God, you're going to humble yourself and say it with honesty and sincerity and look for reconciliation and say, I'm sorry. I lost my cool. I misbehaved. Find it in you to forgive me. And let's fix our relationship. You know, it's very funny. I heard this on the radio. <laughs> you, know, there's, you know, especially when you listen to our indigenous radios, when they speak our language. Sometimes they say things that are truthful in a way that we sometimes like to listen to those radios and we laugh. And I was listening to this uh, Tswana station and this guy was saying, things have changed nowadays. He says when people are going for divorce and you go to court, they are so well dressed. More than the day they were getting married. God, I will show him. <laughs> Imagine you, you, you are going to divorce. You are well dressed. You have your designer shoes. You have the right hairstyle. When you should be begging for mercy. When you should be giving an olive branch. Someone says, divorce is like when you take paper and seal an envelope with a glue. If you, f if you open it, you must cut somewhere. Because it has been glued. You will never be the same. It's that way, Basila. It's that way. Even if you can act up, you deceive those who don't know. When God says, what I've put together, let no man. When there is a theory, emotions are affected. Hallelujah. Loyalty demands full persuasion. You must be fully persuaded in your heart about anything you are involved in. You must be persuaded to buy into the vision of the church if you are supposed to be a loyal member of the church. You must be fully persuaded to trust the leadership that is there. You must be fully persuaded. You must be persuaded. Nobody must persuade you. Paul, when he writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, the last portion, he says, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded. If you are not fully persuaded, Basalan, about your church, where you belong, you will be the one who is first to criticize it. Loyalty will demand sacrifice. Your loyalty will cost your relationships. If you are loyal to God, you will leave the world. Are you there? And be a friend of God. 
James 4, 4, it says, whoever will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. When you become a follower of Christ, certain relationships become sacrifice. If they don't line up with the word of God, they have to be sacrificed. Light and darkness can never meet. There must be a party. There must be a, a separation. Amen. Amen. Matthew 6.24 You can never serve two masters. Either you hate one or you love another. You can't serve God and mammon or serve God and money. Let's look at the signs of disloyalty. And this we we, we, we all use them and apply on ourselves for our own introspection. Don't apply them to other people. The first one is an independent spirit instead of an interdependent spirit. And here we see an example of Joab, one of the leading generals of David, who killed innocent people. Because he had a grudge against them. And he even killed them at the wrong time. We can find this because First Chronicles chapter 2 verse 13 and verse 14 and chapter 11 verse 4 and 9. Independent spirit. People who want to do things their own way. Who want to protect their own self-interest. But Alana, you can never develop and grow and progress well if you are disconnected from other people. Someone says, he who is different from me does not impoverish me, but he enriches me. If you are disconnected from other people that God wants you to be connected to, you are only impoverishing yourself and distorting your growth. As a person, Basalwa. I think it's in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, where Paul says, I have crucified the selves. The life I live, I no longer live for myself, by myself. It is Christ who lives through me. Don't disconnect people, yourself from other people, especially those who tell you the truth, who don't tell you what you want to hear. Number two, people who take offenses. It's a sign of disloyalty. Just get offended. Matthew 24, verse 9 and 10 reads, then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and they shall kill you. You shall be hated among all nations for my name's sake. Then many will be offended and they will betray one another and they shall hate one another. Somebody who is offended will betray you. They will betray you. David Abedma says, to be offended is the choice we make. It is not a condition inflicted or imposed upon by someone or something else. 
you choose to make offenses. You choose. If somebody says bad things about you, you choose to interpret it as the truth. You choose. You choose to make it an offense. You think about it. You, 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 you meditate on it that, that they are undermining me. They are disrespecting me. You, you, you feed it. You, you put fire on it. You have power to overlook it. You have power to give him the other cheek. You have power to forgive and move on. Jesus on the cross. When they said all sorts of things about him. He said, Father forgive them. They don't know. You see, an offense will plant things that were not in you. It will plant hate. So that when you see people, you avoid them. Why are you avoiding them? You are hurt. You are in unforgiveness. You choose. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. Number three, passivity. James, uh, Jeremiah 48 verse 10. Cursed be he that doeth the work of the Lord deceitfully. And another translation says, a curse on anyone who is lax in doing the work of the Lord. When you are disloyal, you just come, do nothing. Do nothing. In your mind, this is not about personalities. This is the work of God. You can't, you can't get out of your ministry because somebody has offended you. Who called you? Is that person? Or is it God? I'm not teaching anymore. Resign. Who called you? Who gave you the gift? Who anointed you? Who inspired you? That person, do they have heaven? Do they have hell? to. That is why the Bible says let us serve God not as men please us for I service. For I service. Okan kwatisa okatineha I'm not resigning. I'm here. I stay put. I didn't say you are not carnal. I didn't say you are not spiritual. You are unspiritual. I don't say I'm not hurt. But I'm not leaving my ministry. I'm not. You don't know where I come from. 
You don't know what the Lord has done in my life. You don't know where I come from. I fear the one who can destroy my soul. I fear that one who can send me to hell. I honor that one who loved me as a sinner when nobody loved me. Who chose me, who appointed me, who anointed me, who empowered me, who washed away my sins, who filled me with the Holy Spirit. That's the one I honor. For his sake, I will stay loyal. I'll never be passive. I'll never be passive with the knowledge that God has given to me. I will give it to those who don't even appreciate it generously. And expect nothing in return. I will serve those who despise me. I will greet those who don't greet me. I will pray for those who are praying for my downfall. I will pray for their prosperity. Never be passive. Never. Abantu bayas well anji. Abasas gutsi puma gopinungkunungku. Bag well anji. Number four. Critical stage. People, they've been all right. They've been loyal. They've been supportive. They've been offended. All of a sudden, they, they are fault finding. Fault finding. Criticizing. And this is not even a positive criticism. Cynical. Cynical. Moses faced the same. Numbers 12, verse 1. You know, when people criticize you, it, it is most of the time the criticism that hurt is those who are close to you. You see, the criticisms that will hurt Bishop are not the criticism from the church, but are from us who are in the inner circle. People see us with him. When, when he turns his back, sister lead. Here is Moses. His own sister and brother. They were critical. They didn't understand who he was. They didn't understand the challenges he went through. Criticizing. Here the Lord heard them. Uh, the Lord heard them. God hears those who criticize you. Wrongfully. What someone calls fake friends. 
Once they stop talking to you, they'll start talking about you. Fake. Men of God, men of God, uh, men of God. My bishop, I honor you, sir. Spiritual actors, hypocrites, fake congregants. Oh, my bishop. Oh, I've greeted you, I've greeted you my, my father today. I'm not washing my hand. But, but once the bishop at Halamus, what comes out of your mouth is contrary to the blessings you are saying. From the same mouth that gave blessings is a mouth that dishing out criticism. And what you sow, you will reap. The fifth sign is what they call the political stage. Where they find the same group of, same WhatsApp group of offended people. All the wounded, disenfranchised, spiritually marginalized. Even the prayers they pray, they are political. Oh Lord, when they pray, you prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Jesus. There is a message in their prayers. Even the songs they sing. Mama Shabele. Auntie Jesu. Unampona. Hakilila. Chualo. Ushabile wa enaruku. Wamulisa kiri. There's a message. political stage when they are in an AGM when they have a special meeting with you their first line is that the people say the people all of a sudden there is a democracy in Ethiopia. we thought here there is only one government the government of God we don't vote for God he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Hey. Ah. The people. The people say. Which people? Even Tina, when we are pastors, you are not our sheep. You are Jesus' sheep. He's the chief shepherd. 
He's the one who laid down his life on the cross. He's the one who went to hell three days. Had spiritual warfare with principalities and powers. Took the key. Defeated the enemy. Was resurrected from the dead. And came with a message of hope and salvation. One shepherd. He said, these are my sheep. These are my sheep. Over which I have appointed you as overseers. Singeneng appointment. We were appointed, but there's the owner. Mary, when you are speaking from an offense, when you already passed the critical stage, when you are in the opposition in the church, yeah. Bishop. But the people, the people. The people. The people. Go and ask Saul when he listened to the people. Go and ask him. He lost kinship. Somebody was appointed in his place. He had a devil attack him. Playing on dangerous water. The people. Church is not place for politics. Because in the Bible says, they didn't say oppose your enemies. It says love your enemies. (laughs) In politics, you hate your enemies. You criticize them. You expose their scandals. The Bible says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Pray for them. Don't overcome evil with evil. Overcome evil with good. Church is not a place of politics. Number six. Deception. What we call self-deception. As we go to Usatana Kosliswe. Gunoguti Usatani Uselifin. When Uskolis. Jesus says in John 13, 16, Verily I say unto you, a servant is not greater than his Lord. A servant. Sometimes we overestimate our knowledge. We overestimate our wisdom our talent and our influence, when we are supposed to be sober and humble in our judgment about ourselves. When your parents are raising you, you think you know better than them, you think they are outdated until you become a parent and you want to build a monument for them. For them. Some of you think you can do what Bishop does. You will die before your time. You can't read the Bible five times a week consistently. Five times. Monday, just Monday to Friday. Reading your Bible and praying. And you, 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 you think you can run a vision of a thousand churches. You can't teach yourself. 
You can't put your own body under. You overestimate your knowledge, your experience, your influence. Number seven, open rebellion. Kore, sota esa sebetam. You are uncontrollable. Nobody can tell you. This is where splits are born. All of a sudden, hey, I can start my own thing. So gulula wena. Jesus. Praise Tabernacle via Orlando. Rebellion. Open rebellion. Open. And then you discover when you are running praise tabernacle via Orlando. You have to lie to people to get their offering. Bishop takes two minutes and says, can we receive the offering? You know the vision. God wants us to do this and this. And he collects millions, he buys buildings and all these things. Where now you take 30 minutes. The Lord will curse you with a curse. If you don't give a tenth from the tenth. Don't be a thief. Even when you are done. You, you can't pay for the rental of the tent. You thought it was easy. You thought it was easy. You thought church growth is easy. For, for, for two years, you have been raining praise tabernacle, fire Orlando. The highest you have grown is your aunt and uncles who came beyond your family. Your wife has no choice. They have to be there. Your children have no choice. They have no transport to take them to grace. They are stuck with you. They are not there because they are loyal. They are there because circumstances are against them as they marginalize underprivileged. And the rest of your members who have been coming out of curiosity. Number eight, and we close. Number eight, and we close. The final stage, when you have rebelled, and because of stubbornness, you are facing execution. In 1 Samuel 15, verse 23, the Bible says, rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. 
stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. You see, Barcelona, if you are rebellious, there's still hope for you. But if there is a, a twin there called stubbornness, Ooh. Ooh. the only thing you are facing is execution. There's examples in the Bible of people who were rebellious but stubborn. Absalom, Ahithophel, Shimei, Adonijah, and Judas. Their end was spiritual death and physical death. I was talking to somebody we are running with. You know when you run with people, sometimes you run two hours. There's time to talk. So we're running. And then we came to a point where we were sharing observations. Observations. And then we were just talking to say Advising one another based on the observations. Observations from the Bible, observations from the people we know. Because certain things happen to people, they are a lesson for you. So that you humble yourself. We, we observe that people who violated their relationships, whether it's marriage, it's friendship, it's church, with disloyalty and rebellion and stubbornness, it didn't end well with them. You know why, Bazalan? Those relationships were their covering. Have you seen somebody gets divorced and all of a sudden they are an alcoholic? The marriage partner was keeping alcoholism away. Your spouse made you sober. Some of them, they lost their money. You know why? The treasurer was kicked out. All of a sudden, this person said, put my Lisa. We are Lisa. We, we see. Are you there? We are Latimali. You know why? The, the wife is not there. Who was bringing discipline? Who was bringing order? But some of you, you don't understand being loyal to this church. What, how much covering you get. You, you don't understand. The gates of hell will open up when you lose control because this is the place that God, God uses to bring integrity, to bring order in your life. This is the only place where God corrects you and you hear him. If the devil can take you out, oh. So, Robonal and Nakadi extra. And when's the worst? 
You know, Mazalala, I was telling somebody, the reason I'm going to a cell group is that every area move Velaguyo, I want people to know that I'm a Christian. I need a reference group that will make me accountable. It is you who think are strong. Careful. 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 You are not untouchable as you think. You are very vulnerable. In this stage, you don't have to be executed. You don't have to die before your time. You don't have to kill your relationships. You don't have to lose your money. You don't have to lose your health. You can still turn around. You can still become a prodigal son and say, I want to return to my father. I'm tired of the pig's die. I'm tired of it. Even servants in my father's house are living a better life than I am. Father, we thank you for your word. For you are such a good God. Father, as we learned about loyalty, we are praying to you that you may help us, oh God. Help us. Help us as your children. That we may be loyal to the vision of this house. Use our gifts and talent to build your kingdom. To be a blessing to people. Loyal to other members of the body of Christ. That we are not the ones to attack them. To hurt them. To marginalize them. And treat them in a way that is unkind and unfair. Father, we want to be loyal to you. Loyal to your word. Loyal to your purpose. We have not figured it all. We are accountable to you, God. We are humble before your presence. We are exposed. We are vulnerable without you. We can do nothing without you, God. We pray. We pray, Father God. Thank you for our spiritual leaders, our bishop. Thank you that he has given his life to serve us. We don't worship him, but we honor him. We honor people like him who are faithful to your call, who will serve you with humility because they love your people, we pray. We thank you for his family that is sharing him, sacrificing him for us, we pray. We pray. We pray. Father, we thank you for our leaders in the church who are bought into the vision, who are servants, who are here, to say, use me, Lord. Use me to make a difference. Use me to be an instrument of love, hope, renewal, and restoration. Use me, we pray. We thank you for these, all your members, oh God. They could have gone to any other church, but they are here. They are saying, this is my home. This is my home. This is where you have planted me to grow. This is where you have planted me to be the light, to be the salt of the earth. We pray, we pray. We pray against any division. We pray against any strife. We pray. Where we have been offended, oh God, heal our wounds that we may not have grudges. Help us to discern that this is my brother, this is my sister, 
This is a fellow soldier. This is a co-worker in the kingdom of God. I pray. I pray, Father God. Oh, you are the Bam in Gilead. You are the Lord, our healer. We thank you, Jesus. May your word be at work in this place in the name of Jesus. As we have our eyes closed, every head bowed, as I pray. Maybe you are coming here for the first time. Your life is far away from God, but God loves you. God who is faithful. What? Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to God. I want my life to change. Could you kindly show me by raising your hand wherever you are seated and I'll pray for you. Kindly raise your hand wherever you are seated and I'll pray for you. God bless you this side. God bless you. God bless you. I see hands are going up. God bless you. Everywhere in the auditorium. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you this side. You can raise your hand and keep it up. I'd like to pray for you. Just raise your hand wherever you are seated. God bless you wherever you are seated. Just raise your hand wherever you are. And I'll pray for you. God bless you at the back. I see that hand. Anybody else? You want to give your life to God. You want God to change your life. You want God to forgive you and make you his child. God bless you this side. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Anybody else would like to pray for you?